We Mauliola proudly presents Leo Kupa, e Ho'olono Mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian healing and wellness. Leo Kupa is hosted by Kamakanui Ahailono Jingao. E kea kua mauna lua la ila lohe Na hau ma kua yaka hina kua yaka hina alo I kahi kini komohan Na kupu na mahalo piha E ho mai kai 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 kaman keo Mania oko, mania mako, mania kako, a mama uano, eho oman, hey. Kako, aloha. Eho alono mai. Welcome to Leo Kupa from us at Hui Mauliola. The mission of Hui Mauliola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness and empowering our people through healing. This Leo Kupa podcast is a way of capturing the stories of empowerment from our kupuna and practitioners in our community. Today we have a co-host joining us on Leo Kupa. Yes, yes, Mr. Pomai Ka'i Benavides, our board president of Hui Maoli Ola. Aloha Palala. Hey, aloha mai kako and aloha to all of you tuning in. Mahalo for joining us and supporting us as an organization. Yes, sir. Mahalo for joining us. And our special guest today is Lomi Lomi and Laola Pao Extraordinaire, Kui Kialoha podcaster and community activator <laughs> Megan Delohao. Aloha, sister. How are you doing? Aloha, guys. Yeah. Mahalo. Come on. Right on. Love you guys. <laughs> uh, born and raised on the windward side of Oahu, Megan graduated from the University of San Francisco with a BS in exercise and sports science. Her health practitioner training continued with Lomi Lomi work since 2007, studying under Kumu Lomi Lomi, Enric Ortiz Jr. as his apprentice in January 2013 and as assistant in teaching his classes since May 2014. In 2008, uh, Megan went through the Haku Ho'oponopono training with Auntie Malia Craver and Lehua Poha at uh, the Queen Liliokalani Children's Center in Kalihi and trained in Laolapa'au with uh, Kahuna Laolapa'au, Livon Ohai, uh, starting in 2009. And her graduation from Hawaii Nuiakea Center for Hawaiian Studies at UH Manoa with her MA in December in 2015 in Ike Hawaii with a thesis of historical trauma and its health repercussions bodily, spiritually, governmentally for Kanaka Hawaii also informs her birth work supporting her community's growing families with training from New Beginning Doula Training and the Ehuola Kalahuyo Kapo's practitioner training through Kokua Kalihi Valley's Ho'ulu Aina program. She studied under Reiki Master Britt Yap since 2018 and from May 2019 to March 2020, she served as the Director of Education and Community Outreach at the Waimanalo market co-op in their nonprofit sector, supporting the Olaho program that improved food security and practices with two populations, uh, the students at Malamaho Nua Public Charter School and women who are either pregnant and are breastfeeding. Kui Kealoha serves as her practitioner and education platform 
for community healing to address personal and historical atrocities and hardships that can be revalued and transformed into opportunities to learn and grow and be a part reclaiming who we truly are individually and communally on a path towards truth, justice, peace, growth, and healing. Leo Kupa, let's welcome Megan Le Aloha Ao. Aloha, sister. Aloha, aloha my kako. Mahalo so much, you guys. That's a lot of work you did with our community, sister. So mahalo nui for the work that you continue to do for our our people. Um, but we wanted to kind of take it back with that inspiration because people always ask about people's beginnings of their, you know, their interest in these Hawaiian healing practices. Was that like from a young age or was that something that kind of got inspired after you went through your formal education um, studying at University of San Francisco? Or where did that kind of inspiration for that, your interest come from? Oh, mahalo. Um, you know, I guess like I always was leaning towards an idea of, you know, helping people and trying to figure out like what that looked like, you know, and I actually started off over there as a biology major thinking maybe pre-med, I don't know, maybe doctor, you know, and I kind of like went through the classes and it started to get like further away from like the, like for me, it was like, there's a world that I can touch and like, you know, contact and it started to go into like smaller sectors and like cells and things like that. And I think, you know, so much of what we know now, that's so important. But I think when I was, what, 18, you're like, I don't know, I'd rather like look at like a body, you know? So I switched and looked um, at using all that science credits for looking more at like exercise and foods and nutrition. So I just kind of like started to shift. And like after that, when I came home, it was either, okay, I feel like this pull towards like Chinese medicine, acupuncture, or, you know, like trying to root that healing practice in either like, you know, if Chinese or this or that or Hawaiian. And what pulled me was that I got to sit in on a class from Hananike and John Osorio and like just being able to feel their presence and like be with them and hear them at, you know, at a young age. And it's like, okay, then your kupuna is really pushing you, right? So I, that's when I committed to Hawaiian studies and um, I was looking for classes with Ohai. And the year before I was connecting with Enric at um, Mokuola, you know, that place I was still open a while ago. Yeah. That's where I met you guys. Um, and Ooi, she really guided me through all of that processing, you know, introducing me to KOCC and Lehua and Antimulia back then. And I mean, so much I feel like is like your family guides you up into a certain point and then there's that your spirit guides you you know kiyoko guides you and then it's your kupuna really pushing you when you're when you're ready to listen i think and hopefully hopefully you know i was ready to listen but <laughs> you know kind of roundabout but i think that's just kind of awesome. how it nah, happened that's always um you know how everything is all connected how you know like they say when the student is ready the teachers appear you know and mokuola being a location and being yeah um, accessible for the practices, you know, and um, and that's where you linked up with um, with Enric too. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, Oi took me under her wing first, and you know, I 
I never followed through with hula. I, I tried for like three months, but she, you know, she was leading me. Okay, try, do you try hula? You, you know, here's some laula pao. She was showing me, she's, you know, her and Kaliko had sat in with class with, with Ohai and she introduced me to Auntie Malia and Lehua them. And, and then I think it was like, not chance at all, but that's how it felt at the time, right? It's just like, Enric was having his um, shirts so he came to do a delivery because Mukul had love soaps and Enric's, you know, shirts and things. And that's how I met him. And um, we got introduced that way. And then we just started to have a relationship and then, you know, seeking that that tie, like that kind of like commitment, you know, that bind of like student teacher is just kind of came from that like introduction. Right on. Nah, Enric, um, much love. Shout out to brother Enric, man. He's such a amazing practitioner and right. um, love the work and what he does for our community. So did he what? He would work on you a little bit and then wanted you like, hey, you should come um, check out the action or what? You know, like. Yeah. So, so when I was at massage school, because I have that LMT side, you know, so I was at massage school in Kailua and one of the teachers there, her name was Barbara. She worked with horses and stuff, but she introduced me to Auntie Lena Alla and Uncle Alvo when they were practicing together at her house. So she actually was the first one to give me like Lomi, and then I saw Uncle Alvo right after that. And so that was, they were my first uh-huh. like touch with Paola. And then connecting with um, Enric, it was like like you said, you meet a teacher, right, to to form that relationship with and like. We would just, you know, I don't know how to how to even explain it. We would run into each other or see each other here and there, and that relationship just continues to extend over time. And you know, I I went in with some of his early classes, and I think it was supposed to be a, a couple of us, and it ended up um, just that at some point it was just me and him working together, and like that one on one, I feel like. Um, it's a different kind of experience. You know, you go to college class and you're in with like, you know, however small to however hundreds of people, if it's like a big science class and, you know, you can kind of get lost in that, in the crowd. Right. And I feel like it was such a huge blessing to have time with Enric and it wasn't the whole time, but that was the introduction was, you know, that, that first level that I was with him, it was just um, so much focused time of just being able to watch him and, and just look closely at what he was doing and the way that he would practice is I would have to bring in like a person, right? And we would, um, I'd watch him work on that person and I would work on that person and they would give us feedback like that. And, um, you know, after that level, then the second level was with a handful of other students who had taken his first level before. And then, you know, we had run into each other at the mall where I would check in with him and, um, there were just new opportunities to continue working with him. And I don't know, like I, I think I always try to say as much as I can or allowed, like, yes, you know, so if the opportunity rises or he would ask, like, <laughs> so what do you want to, you know, I'm like, yes, yes. Like, you know, I, you know, there's never for me, unless it's something that's going to like harm somebody or myself, I'm never really in the position to say no, you know? So I feel like he's, he was so open and like all his students will say he's like the, the, strength of his gentleness you know what I mean it's like he's like the powerhouse and he also has this like gentle strength too you know and I feel like he's he's such a pleasant person and like so powerful that you know I've been with him as a student I'm like like 12 years you know like it 
this I don't even feel like it's been that long because it's such you know like a it's it's not always easy right but it's a joyful path I feel like and I feel like that's what keeps us going right that just being available and just you know keep going forward however right on yeah and then we've all spent um time you know myself um and also Pumaika'i um with um Paola you know and you know, it's a replication of, of when you were talking about Enric being having that um, strong side, but also being that physical present, but also having that uh, that gentleness. So that kind of um, brought a smile to my face and made me think of Uncle Alva. Yeah. It's, that's, you know, I, I feel like it's an embodiment too, right? The learning practice that you you're, you you know, with my kumu, Enric being drawn to his kumu, I feel like you have to um, align yourself with that embodiment that your kumu tries to um, just hold space for the students when they come, right? And I feel like, like you said, you know, he, the way Enric will smile and <laughs> they both wear glasses too, right? And the eyes, right? It's just like, ah, same. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Yeah. And I know Pumaika, you spent a lot of time with um, with both of them as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, um, and, and and a very a very great point at the um, the tail end of one of your previous statements, Megan, talking about the journeys and relationships that we have with our kumu, you know. Um, when I think about Alva and I think about Enric. Um, I think about really large, strong, gentle guys. And you brought that point up very well. Um, just calling it out there. Uh, you, you aren't any of those things. For those of us who don't know, Megan is not a large, um, strong person. Uh, but she's also a, a very strong and gentle person. And so while our connections and the way in which we um, learn from our kumu and adopt some of their mannerisms do prevail in our relationships. I feel like Lomi Lomi is also, um, at least the, in the growth of Lomi Lomi, it's, it's an opportunity to come into oneself and to develop self-expression. And so I, I have a question for you, and that'd be like, you know, you, you learn from, from, from a, a large, strong, um, physically strong, um, powerful um, teacher who also learned from uh, um, a teacher of the same body style. Um, I'm also saying this uh, as somebody who doesn't have their body type either. And knowing that your teacher is very large, I've carried him a few times. <laughs> um, but how, how are you able yeah. to um, take your teachings from your teachers, especially in this case with your kumulomi lomi, because it's, it's such a physical endeavor, not just the spiritual and how did you apply um, those trainings while finding yourself in the Lomi and fitting it to your own gifts and strengths? Um, and as we know, you, you have many different strengths of your own as well. So, <laughs> oh, well, for that. You know, um, I love that because it's it's funny. A lot of people. That's like the first thing that most people say. Like whether whether it's they come out of the Lomi and they they tell me after like you know. You want small thing, but you kind of kind of strong, yeah. And I'm I just kind of laugh because like I feel like 
that was my own doubt in my own head coming into it, watching what they can accomplish and watching the way that they lift and move people. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm like a little over 5'1", 120 pounds. I'm like, how am I going to do that? You know, and I feel like at that point, it's um, possible because like maybe maybe two things for sure and then we'll see how it flows but one it's you have the mm. right kumu like how you're saying that mm-hmm. right relationship right and then and then two maybe kind of a, in alignment with how we were talking before the recording that you know uncle alva was big on chinese medicine and meridians and energy and flow and you know the cosmic side of the world in addition to the flow and in, in the body and the spirit and i feel like that leads into like like the the chi or the mana side of mindset and the amount that we can accomplish with our minds just seeing it possible and seeing it happen right so it's like we can convince ourselves enough with the right kumu who can have that right relationship to take the time to um really it was an adapt adaptation and it's like how you guys are saying like you know the practice we there's so many strains and strands within it that I think we we have to adhere to, and we have to um, make sure ma- are maintained in this flow of an evolution of our culture and the transmission of it. And then, like you guys are saying too, whether it's body type or um, you know what what the physical practice looks like, even though the energetic practice is similar or the same, it, it might change, right? And and how that that knowledge or that it gets disseminated or practice changes too. And I feel like, you know, having the right mindset in the belief that it's possible to accomplish these things, then, you know, Enric would sit with me and we would find new ways for me to hold or move. And when he would be holding someone lifting with their, his hand up, you know, I can't even get my arm up that high. He's, you know, like got like six, six, at least six inches over me. So I put my leg up or I will hop up on top of people where he would be standing behind them. I asked them to lay on the ground, you know, so there's a lot of adjustments that he was patient enough and he was willing to um, go through that process with me to, to really mm, like make it malleable, kind of like lomi lomi it, you know, like the style itself, just to, to shift it so that it's something that um, can continuing transmission right and you know um and i think that's something that comes up in a lot of his own classes so either either if Henry has to go on trips or if he has a lot of you know smaller size people in his class he'll ask me to come in and so you know that'll be what i what i teach that time if he's not there or that'll be what he'll have me come in to do is okay like i'll just work on someone and then people can see how it's it's possible and the then I think it gives people like that, mm-hmm. that, that right mindset too, right? Like, then you keep that going. Like, ah, I can see that look in someone's eye where they're the same height as me. And she also had that, or that he also had that like, oh, how am I going to do this? You watch Enric just easy, boom, boom, boom. But then seeing it done and hearing, you know, the, the possibility, you know, move through, then I think that that transmission of that, that style and that teaching can continue if we're able to just sit with it long enough and then <laughs> let it kind of show itself to us in a way, you know? Yeah. And that was a important thing of that mindset, you know, cause a lot of times we get 
that's half the battle, you know, thinking we can do it and then actually being able to apply it. Because sometimes we see, you know, say Enric or Uncle doing the the work. We're like, we cannot do that, you know what I mean, without actually yeah. trying or without, you know, trying to manipulate to how we can do it for our own body type. You know, it's like, I guess, figuring it out, yeah. like, what works for one person may not work for another person, you know? Um, and so you know good job on being patient and being able to work through that yeah. process and spending the time and sticking it out you know what I mean? because that's half the battle because you could have easily <laughs> been like hey you know what this type of working for me you know what i mean the way that enric works on the body or the way that other yeah. people you know can can do the work or do yeah. those whether adjustments or whether the style of work you know because it is it is a lot of work you know to help people through their healing process and work on the body uh, oh yeah, and I, I also oh, yeah. call me. Yeah. Go for and, it. And you know, I just want to You know, you've you've helped so many of us, not not only as um, shared students, but but also in the practice of helping others. And I, I just wanted to um, highlight that again. You opened up um, your little ola lo about your ola, talking about um, you know your goal in transitioning to really help others, and I, I really do applaud you in the growth that you've had in the practice to stick to that, um, that kumuhana and find ways to do it um, in your own way. Because I guess at the end of the day, really, right, the way that we can help others is through our own way. Um, there are going to be others that are going to show us how to provide kokua and care and knowledge, and we should always honor those systems. But I feel that sense of richness and just um, living in that space of authenticity and and providing what I can provide. So mahalo nui. Oh, you guys, mahalo for all of that. I feel like so much of, you know, what is possible as a collective is because we all, you know, see each other, work on each other, rely on each other and, you know, keep it, keep the aloha, keep it all flowing. So I feel like a lot of the inspiration and the energy is, you know, from you folks too. Right so on. Mahalo, mahalo. And then with doing the work, you know, and as far as um, maintaining yourself, you know what I mean? Like, what is that process for yourself? You know, how you kind of restore yourself, you know, after maybe working on a few people, you know, with the kuleana of being a, a mama, you know, and, you know, how do mm. you kind of personally take care of yeah. um, yourself or restore your mana or maintain pono in your life? Yeah, mahalo. Um, there's so many layers to that, right? Because you have that, that restoration from a practitioner side, from the partnership and whatever loving relationship you have. And then, you know, if you're a parent, then as a parent too. And I feel like, you know, so many of those parts of those relationships, you have to almost be willing to know your, know yourself enough to like know what, when is enough, right? To know when, okay, I need to take, take that time to, you know, replenish and refresh. And, and it's like, um, once you can make that agreement with yourself, then you find a way to communicate that to your partner, you know, to your child, and then to, you know, if you have a practice so that you can, like, you really have to kind of schedule it for me anyway. Like, sometimes it, it the timing of that replenishment flows natural and it can just happen. But, you know, sometimes it's like scheduling and working it out. And um, so there still yet, even you know, even though it's like a, like a community reliance kind of thing, like 
you have to be willing to trust yourself enough to know that it's time to ask for help to watch, you know, my daughter and, you know, move this, the client around or, you know, ask someone who's asking, you know, that's kind of how it happens, right? There's a choice, like you're about to go beach or you're about to go, you know, to read a quiet book and then you have people who are in need and it's like the priority comes up and it's like, it's like that weight in your mind, like, okay, today I can adjust and I'm going to see those people because, you know, they're, they're pregnant 35 weeks or this sister needs a, you know, or this uncle, he tore his whatever, you know, and then, you know, in that emergency sense, it's like that weight and that, that balance. But, you know, I think when it comes down to it too, you have to also be willing to say, yes, I can, I'm going to help you. And I'll, I'll put it in yeah, yeah. two days from now, you know? So I feel like that's part of the balance too, that the energy side of it. Um, but then the physical side, like talking about going to the ocean, to the beach, to the kai, like, like I, even though I really love talking to people and relationship, I, I'm also kind of like a really introverted person. Like I enjoy being alone. I don't know, you know, that sounds like so weird because I enjoy touch and I enjoy, you know, all of, all of the depths of relationship, but my, my centered time is really by myself. So like. Like I will either stay home if there's Kulian at home, I zone out and just will clean and reset our house and put pakai or, you know, incense, like, you know, that kind of zoning out where this, like this energetic cleaning, or if I need to go to clean myself, you know, energetically, then I'll go to the ocean and spend time there by myself. Um, and I think all of that there, there's like a meditative side for it where, um, you know, we have to not like a forever okay, but okay where you have to kind of recenter and, you know, reconnect your own connections to yourself so that you can really feel when you do connect with someone, then you know that relationship or, you know, what Kyoku or what your ancestors are, you know, calling for that person in that time. So I feel like that's, you know, in my early 20s, it wasn't so easy, but you learn the hard way, right? And learning how to like, you know, um, separate energies and um, pick up what's yours, what's your daughter's, what's your partner's, what is in this session with this person now. And I think that meditative solo time is what helps me to be able to hopefully listen as clear as possible and when I can be there to support people. But yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of my process. Yeah, for- <laughs> no, mahalo for sharing that about that that individual personal time, you know, cause I know I talk to some people yeah. and, you know, talk to them about hey, going to the ocean and, and, you know, kapukai and cleansing and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with my family. I'm going to bring all of them to the beach. We're going to go over there. We're going to jump in. You're like, no, bro, you know, <laughs> kind of take that time to sometimes be alone to do these processes. You know what I mean? Where we can kind of um, center ourselves, you know, and um, I don't look at, at it as being selfish you know i i think self-care is important enough that you know what i mean we got to take time for ourselves sometimes you know and um yeah so mahalo for touching on that point of a hey, sometimes we got to be alone to touch on those points you know what i mean and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah mahalo for um kind of touching on that that aspect of it yeah yeah 
<laughs> right on. Course, and I know on the Lao side, I know you do a lot of work on the Lao. Any Lao's been kind of you've been working with these days or been kind of some of your friends, um, mm-hmm. you know, working with some of the Lao and stuff? Yeah. You know, right now we left the farm a couple of years ago from living there where we had, you know, a lot of more friends growing around us, you know. Um, so we're at my mom's and she actually really loves plants. And so we've been fortunate and super blessed to have, um, there's a few growing here that we've been tapping into. And, you know, Rivilani, so funny you, been, you said that because she's been kind of taking, bringing them with her along where we go holo holo or whatever, you know, she'll pick. So Oliva Kukahakai is one. And then Hauoi, or um, I've heard other uh, people say the different Hauwi or Hauwi. Those two have been pretty strong and steady since we've been living here, maybe 10 months. So, yeah, we love those. Tea, you know, poultice kind, eat the flowers of the, the Hauoi. So that's kind of daily, and that's a blessing, too, you know, to have that access daily. You know, we'll go outside a few times, and so we just kind of pass them on our way, and we're able to talk to them and mahalo them and you know that's part of our our um, family's learning process right to incorporate in in that moment inside of the flow of whatever structure is happening but you know just touching on like oh how is this you know what do we use this for how do we eat it and what part of our body and stuff so um, right on yeah those friends yeah that's super beautiful i mean that (laughs) interaction and that relationship um with these la'au, you know, if you're seeing it every day, you know, um, um, a funny story. Um, but we always go to to the kai to kind of just jump in the water. And then, you know, Kipukalani is always into naupaka berries. You know, she'll grab like the naupaka seeds. And oh. every time we go to the kai, you know, she's always getting the berries when we go and when we're coming back. Um, so <laughs> just the other... Yep maybe about a week ago, she got um, Portuguese man of war, you know, stung on her leg. So she's all like, mm-hmm. um, you know, all um, hoo-hoo a little bit, you know, a little bit yeah. crying a little bit because she's sting a little bit, you know. Yeah. Or we grabbed the la'au of the yeah. naupaka berries and um, mm-hmm. put it on her, the Portuguese man of war that she had. And true story, right after that, she didn't even like whine about it nothing we went home no marks mm-hmm. nothing after that you know i mean we've put the mm-hmm. i put it on before and it I, I still get a mark it's not sore um after a while it becomes itchy you still see one small mark but you know with that yeah. relationship with that laau you know because she's like super peely with it you know what i mean like that relationship that you have with one laau that this is your friend this going to help you out um I just thought it was like super amazing. I was like, holy camoli. Like, you know what I mean? Most kids, you know, under three, you know what I mean? They're going to be wailing off of the, and then going to leave on mark, going to be itchy, going to mm-hmm. go through that process of like one sting. You know what I mean? But to be able to, yeah. um, so I thought that was when you was talking about that relationship and that peely with the Hawaii that you guys have and those la'au, you know, um, that's super, you know, um, that's such an important concept, I think, is that relationship that we have with these la'au or with our people and all of these relationships, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like exactly what you said. Her belief and her tie to them and yeah. healed her completely. And right? that, I, that no belief, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like if people yep. believe that this La'au is going to help them out, more than likely going to help them out. If they don't believe, no sense they take the Lao. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right on. So yeah, yeah. mahalo for sharing that. Um, so, you know, um, we're actually recording this podcast um, via distance, you know, with everything going on these days. So I wish we could do them all in person so we could see each other's face and expressions and all of those things, you know. But how you doing, Mr. Pumaikai? Pumaikai um, Law has been an enriching conversation. And mahalo, man. Um, so, so part of Mo'olalo, you go to school in California, get your degree in the sciences, mm. and then you come home and you start getting involved in uh, massage therapy, transition over to Lomi Lomi, doing both at the same time, learning other modalities. Um, you sit in on a course with Dr. Osorio Ma, and you make the transition to scholarship, uh, getting your master's degree at Pumaku Kalani. Um, I think it's safe to say that that program, by the way, shout out to Hawaii Nui Akea. Totally. That program really emphasizes, uh, emphasizes the importance of Mo'olelo. And the three of us on this podcast right now are definitely fans of Mo'olelo. Especially um, at times in regards to the kind of help that we provide others. So I just wanted to know. Um, just from your perspective, and we're studying there together as well and coming up on the Lomi Lomi at the same time too, which are two very different areas um, that I think provided balance for me. What's the importance of Mo'olalo in your practice? And uh, are there any Mo'olalo that you might be interested to list or note for those interested in the subject? Knowing fair and well that we come with our own family traditions that you talked about earlier and that Mo'olelo doesn't really necessarily start at the university, but just curious about it. Mm, yeah, no, shout out to them too. Yeah, I feel like it was a good balance for me as well, like mirroring what you said. And, you know, yeah, I feel like that was such a huge part of so much of the journey and in, in both of those schools of knowledge, right? And the importance of that, I mean early on when you know you're finding where you're being led and you're listening to a path as it's unfolding i feel like you know the stories that our families alive give us you know for me that was like relationship and care and um you know my aunties they're so good at anticipating someone's need before it kind of even like manifests right so for me that story of that kind of that family practice that was just a part of our growing up I feel like really influences a lot of us um, with, you know, within the grandkids that we have or within, you know, the siblings that we have about that, that story of how do you um, listen to, you know, your heart and listen to what's around you. And, you know, when you're moving through that and then becoming, you know, 
an adult, but I feel like there's also so much of it as young children too. So I, I don't want to make it seem like as an adult, you're only finding your path because I feel like maybe we'll touch on it later, but I feel like, you know, the transitions that we're going through now, our children are learning and being practitioners at such a younger age, three, you know, two, Kipukaleni at two, you know, that, you know, their story is going to be so much different, but how it unfolded for us maybe in our generation is, you know, when you were quote unquote allowed to kind of find that path and that practice, it's when you're 18, you either get a job, you go to school, you know, whatever. And, you know, that, that, that story for me didn't really connect or make sense until you connect to that mo'olelo past the family into, you know, that veil that they've already passed. So that's like mo'oku ohau, right? It like, where does the deeper family story, you know? And I feel like when you start to learn and you bring out those layers, no matter what, you know, what ethnicity or what side of us we're looking at, because so many of us here and, you know, worldwide, there's so much in our family stories that provides, um, you know, individual personal guidance. And then it also, you know, gives you like the, like an awareness to the kuleana within a family. You know, if it was, for me, the, the generation gap is wide between um, the stories that I was taught from my grandmother, whose um, actual, actually great grandmother was someone who was caring for her. And it was her sister who's, you know, I hear from our family stories, my grandma's uncle say she was the one who was doing Hawaiian medicine in their family. You know, so I feel like it also comes back to the story of our our belief, like how, we, you know, it's such a big part of our children's practice. And I think us too, you know, when we're trying to push through the doubt that is imposed on us sometimes when we're going through certain systems, that the belief that this has been something that is um, living within you now, even if we weren't sure how to find it, how to tap into that story yet. Like it's in your blood, it's in your veins. It's a story that is passed down and it's just that belief and accessing it. And I feel like that has so much um, impact on us now. And I feel like our, our children with so much work that has been done, you know, by our teachers, by our kumu, by our grandparents, parents, that they are just, you know, and, and us too, you know, you know, being willing to accept and acknowledge each other that we're making certain choices for our, our children to just flow into that story of their life that is so connected to mo'oku Aoha. And then, um, I, I mean, it allows us to be more um, self-aware, family-aware, community-aware, worldwide aware, right? And then I think it makes us more... Um, able and and willing to connect with the person when you're in that practitioner role than to connect with the person who has come into a relationship with you to receive support then then you are able to tap in and listen to their mo'olelo too and I feel like you know um, as practitioners of various things whatever it looks like I feel like that's a huge part in being able to really support someone is listening to their mo'olelo too of their you know, where they are now, where they've come from and where they're going. Um, yeah. <laughs> right on. And, and with that, um, you know, since you have um, a young daughter too, you know, and for the younger generation of practitioners for keikis, because I know being uncle, auntie, you know, there's a lot of tribe of younger generations <laughs> coming up, you know, um, 
Yeah. You got any like messages for them as far as, um, you know, like the relationship to our culture, to our people, um, to our aina? You know, you got any mm-hmm. messages um, for our next generation, up and coming, um, keiki coming up? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I might just like echo what we just kind of talked about. I feel like they're already so connected. They're already so ahead of anything that, you know, we were in our times at their age. And I mean, I feel like the more we can support them knowing themselves, you know, then we strengthen their connection to Kiakua, to creator, to their their kupuna. And then like we kind of almost remove ourselves from influencing them according to what we think they should do, you know? Like not not like, you know, that that identification of their skills, their tendencies and what draws them and, you know, that I feel like is something that we can, you know, identify and support. But I think, you know, when we allow them to know themselves enough and support that then they're just downloading straight from the sources that they're creating from you know and i feel like it's not like saying that we should be removed as parents from the process you know like we still need to be there and it's a partnership and this love and this holding and a lot of times holding ourselves back from trying to impose on them you know and i feel like um they know so much and i feel like the more we listen and encourage them to spend time uh-huh. with kupuna who are alive. And then um, even, you know, as they as they get to the point where they maybe are, are comfortable moving out of the nest and closer um, to people out in the community, you know, I feel like healthy mentorship with someone who we trust and love and have relationship already. I think that's, you know, super important. Um, I think we talked about it on one of the Hui Maliola a wonderful, you know, the times that you allowed us to be together as practitioners, we talk story about it, like mentorship, you know, I feel like that's something if we look at the stories of how people were identified at a young age for certain practices, I feel like the kupuna were the ones doing that because they're watching their grandkids, you know, and I feel like that kind of um, mentorship, if we are necessarily having it within our families if you know now we're in multi-generational homes grandparents are still working if there's a, a an asa mentor even outside of the family to form a relationship or a bond with i feel like you know all of those ways of just supporting and allowing for the dissemination to flow you know i feel like then we just um enable our kids to really come into their own and and um they always know full well that we're there with so much love and, you know, yeah, yeah. the strength if we got to, you know, regulate or whatever, you know, but we're, we're there with love and with um, a safe, healthy, you know, safe space and boundary for them yeah, yeah. if they need it. You I know? think that's beautiful. Like, um, you know, yeah. a lot of times as parents, we think we got to lead, you know what I mean? But having maybe the keikis right. lead because they, you know, they can kind of, express themselves they can kind of um go through that process and stay connected you know so i think a lot of um times some of us young makua think we gotta be the ones for kind of 
guide along yeah we gotta support but also giving them the abilities to express themselves right. and be able to um really shine on their own you know yep yep no i agree with that yep totally so, so one of the, one of the themes that's coming back to me over and over in this conversation is this idea of like interdisciplinary not just from like a study or practice perspective, but Megan hit the nail on the head earlier. You know, we're all products of an interdisciplinary process, right? We come from many different traditions. Um, you know, we think about yeah. our practices. Yeah. They also extend beyond the homes to, um, to different traditions. I know that you've had um, studies in Lomi Lomi, Laola Pa'au. Um, obviously, your, your studies in biology um, Reiki is something that I learned about in this process too. And so I was wondering if you, you have any connections that you like to share yeah. about all of these different modalities and um, are there anything, any kind of things that, that kind of reign similar and reign true for you? Mm. Um, maybe with in the, the energetic practices, I feel like um, flow like removal of stagnation for health you know and i feel like that comes through with you know with you're looking at reiki or um, meridians or the way energy moves through the body and paola like you know and um the energetic side too i think you know spirit and aloha like um like how i would say like the depth of this medicine is like you're, you're going to the spiritual level of that person. You're healing the spirit. It's not just a body thing, right? And I feel like Ohio would touch on that all the time too. Like, you know, like there's so much medicine that has to occur on the emotional side in addition to the plants, in addition to the touch, in addition to, um, you know, hands, laying hands on the body. Um, and I, I feel like maybe intention to bridging between the energetic side of practices that that deal within like the, the 3d or the physical realm and the you know the other dimensions of energy and how things move and exist i feel like what might tie that that practitioner side to um like an academic side might be intention and maybe i'm not going to go so far as to say good or bad intention because that's maybe a whole nother another sit down but just the, you know, the intention of we hope and pray that, you know, the, the side of academics is having an intention to help and serve, which I think is, you know, inherent to that energetic practitioner side. When you come from a place of love, that intention is a huge part of how um, these practices, whatever they look like, you know, for reading books or if we're, um, you know, moving energy, that the intention is a huge part and how successful that that healing process is and that support process is so yeah maybe maybe, Mahalo. maybe that's the similarity awesome <laughs> so when <clears throat> we've been um tuning into your um kui kelo podcast i know the past um few have been yeah shout out oh, check Mahalo. it out everybody <laughs> kui kelo podcast out there um but I know you've been talking about since these days with the way that our um, 
with what's going on in our society these days and the schooling system and um you know you've been talking about unschooling and the 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 sovereignty and different perspective of raising our gener the next generation you know i know we touched upon some of it um mm-hmm. just in the conversation about you know having finding our kids strengths and seeing supporting them you know and finding out what is important right. to them or what they're passionate about um right yeah yeah I mean, first, that's the first thing that comes to mind is exactly what you said. The things that we kind of talked about was like that, that partnership and letting them lead us, right? And um, it, it is like a family process too, because there's so much of, when you're turning towards unschooling, what I've been learning is there's this de-schooling process that you have to really almost like, as the, the parent or the you know, the caregiver of that child, We've if we've been through certain school systems, whether it's public school, private school, you know, academic, whatever, there's a certain like structure that we almost have to like de-structure within ourselves and how we think learning is supposed to happen that occurs in this de-schooling process as you approach like unschooling before you can even like, you know, and I feel like um, that's such a huge uh, experience to go through as a parent or a caregiver child because you realize how much um, how much internalization we have done by being within a system, how much we actually kind of impose those things on ourselves and how how easy it is to bring those kinds of impositions into our own households and like, you know, try to lead our children or force our children or learn this way because this paper says to do it over here, you know, and I feel like it's been a huge learning process for me and my husband Hanalei in this and that our way isn't the way and it's not the best way for her. And, you know, it's not like we didn't know that, but to have to come back to like a patience and a breath, like, you know, I, I'm grateful for all those practices that we went through just to, you know, listen and try to breathe. Cause you know, when, if you're using an iPad or if you're using a worksheet, you feel like you have to be like, oh, compliant, right? That's the kind of word that's coming up. We have to do in this order or whatever. And, you know, there's so much freedom in a two, three-year-old that they just um, explode that from the inside out. Like the the need for structure in a certain way, I feel like is something that their their soul part, their spiritual part is already showing us like, you know, how it might serve or not serve them. So, you know, some structures are super easy to um, implement in life if it's supportive of the child. And then sometimes when, you know, um, you come to a point when there's frustration or, you know, you're going head to head with your child. And I think that's where it's um, easy to recognize like what in this moment, something isn't working. You know, and I feel like that's the biggest lesson is to for us right now in this moment of our process is to just be as much as we can within that moment with our children in their learning because like um the curriculums and the guides are so helpful to kind of set a path you know um for the movement and then how you move through it is a whole different story and i feel like um you know the more we already talked about tuning in, right? You, the more you trust your na'o, you trust your child to show you what 
they're not always telling them and you have you know you pray that you have the patience in that moment to actually listen to them then we don't even really need the outside forces that we've um, really had kind of educate us you know uh, on a story or what we should eat or in ways kind of controlling what we consume and you know manipulating our own processes to um, serve you know a flow to get on to a certain end right and um, maybe we even feel that if that imposition kind of you know flows through us in our own life you know it might lead us forcefully or not to a certain job or um, you know so many people you know in their 40s 50s 60s 70s they're coming around that that river flow into their purpose now when they've been free maybe they've retired or they've been forced to leave a job or they decide to quit like you know these systems when we're free from them I feel like and that's what unschooling provides then you can really sink down into you know tuning into kikua tuning into your hupuna listening to your own na'au and then then purpose comes and then you know your own story connected to your ancestors come and um, I feel like that's been a huge process for us and learning what how healing to self-sovereignty can be within this larger context of you know health sovereignty and sovereignty of the, the nation and you know um, just to be able to go back to a simple choice and how your child wakes up and what they're choosing to do within this realm of education I feel like you know they're exercising so much more um, sovereignty and they're just really breathing that that life essence so much more clearly and effortlessly than you know this is what we've all hoped for right and um, just really grateful really grateful for this understanding um, that that I'm still learning learning about from these amazing um, women like Akila Richards and Sue Patterson who I connect with and receive their emails and listen to their podcast like there's um, so much so much work that's being done um, within our children right now and it's we're so blessed to be here for them right now yeah you know? and I think also um, on that as a family I'm sure you and Hanale got a work on that communication of trying to be on the same page of how you guys are, you know, um, kind of working these relationships and, you know, during these processes. So I'm sure, um, you know, that process with the Ohana um, kind of heightens Mm -hmm. that experience as well, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You you get, you have the, the, the heights of the, the, the joys and then the frustrations, right, of that process, totally, all I know, the height. But, um, I know you said earlier yeah. that River was into, like, into music and writing music and doing all those things, which is beautiful because, you know, you don't really yeah. think of them at that young age doing that kind of stuff, you know, like, um, or we didn't, or I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, we listened to it or maybe yep. not um, yep. Yep. do it to that kind of extent, you know, but if we can be supportive and let them, um, kind of grow in that fashion. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like the the kind of affirmations that I I tell her when she's watching Hanalei play music is I tell her, you're a music player, you're a songwriter, you know, just to kind of plant that, like you're saying, like the belief, right? Oh, my dad does this. Yeah, I can do this. Awesome. I, I do this too. 
you know? So I feel like that's a, a lot of why, you know, we believe in them. They believe in themselves. Our kupuna believe in them. You know, God believes in them. Like, they're just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Now that's beautiful for Keiki to hear. You know what I mean? Of giving them, planting those seeds of, um, of love, of belief, of I can do anything. You know, whatever I like do, I can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So what's next on the horizons for you? You got any kind of upcoming um, projects or um, events you're working on besides your um, your podcast and your mm-hmm. community platform of... You want to explain some of that um, for our um, community and listeners so that they can kind oh. of... Um, tune in because you know during these times a lot of people is um looking for help either lomi wise or education wise mm-hmm. you know and um i know a lot of people is um always in need of support you know yeah mahalo, mahalo. um maybe a couple of things wouldn't like what's on the horizon i thought about our families working um so i'm right now i feel like there's a lot of support between like me and hanalei you know, with the unschooling at home and then we're shifting our time. And I I feel like I want to just bring up and and mahalo him for all the work that he's doing in, in the food and the, the food medicine aspect of, you know, what, what our people are asking for right now. And um, just trying to, you know, be there for him too. I feel like there's so much of what we're doing now is um, support work. You know, trying to listen in to what our community, what our families are needing um, so, you know, just trying to support that process of, you know, making sure that he has enough time to get as much food as possible, you know, one humanly possible. And then the network of um, the, the cooperative that's around uh, all the farmers on Winter's side, you know, and, and Melissa with Edward Organics, like, you know, there's this huge, you know, feeding process. And I feel like, you know, so much of the healing comes from, you know, like allowing time for our, our families and allowing time and listening to our communities too. And I think that's where the, the podcast came in was thinking about, you know, and why Reiki is so powerful too. Um, like how Pumikai was saying, like the, the, the energy side, you know, that there's so much that can be done from a distance and not that I'm, you know, I, I long for us to all be together and, you know, I see that coming, it's coming, it's coming, but you know, there's so much power in energy. And, um, you know, I so value, like, there's so much power in our words, right? And being able to listen to you folks' podcasts with, you know, it's all so beautiful. And it's, you know, um, it provides so much, like, um, comfort, right? And that's what I think the podcast, Kui Kilohan, you know, why that kind of came through is how how can we keep reaching each other? Yeah, how can we keep being there for one another and, you know, having people come on and just talk about what's moving them and how they're seeing things restructure as so much of all of our lives worldwide within our communities, within our families are, are is shifting and is changing. Um, you know, what does that look like from this person's perspective or from the, their realm of expertise and you know, I hope that the, the platform, you know, just just continues to serve in whatever way people need. If they can listen to that or if they're joining on to come on for Q&As that we have once a month or if I have a one-on-one 
um, live session just with that one person, um, you know, and what we've been listening to, especially, you know, with Equinox and Solstice, all those movements and alignments coming up and so many people do so much ceremony around those times that, you know, gathering um, collectively in whatever energetic form or, or prayer circles or, you know, Zooms online, you know, we're going to be hosting um, a, a hui of women and we're inviting, you know, people to just come and sit and be with us and let's just talk about, you know, the power and radicalism in our lives that is the practice of love, of aloha and, and you know, how, how that has, um, you know, informed so much of what our, you know, our own families have been through and, you know, how we can continue to support each other and our future movements into where we're all going and what we're all restructuring and rebuilding into like a fully healed um, planet, like this globally well, you know, situation for all kinds of breathing being um, beings here. So um, if anybody, you know, that's maybe the next thing on the horizon is um, on September 21st. It's going to be an evening at 6 p.m. You know, on Instagram, there's a there's a post that they can, you know, contact anybody who's going to be, you know, sharing from their heart space. They can connect with any one of us and get that Zoom. And, you know, that'll be in a couple of weeks, a little a little less than a couple of weeks. And, you know, I feel like there's so much um, reflection that we have within each other when we hold space together that I feel like it's, it's um, calming and invigorating at the same time, you know, just to be in, in safe space together. And I'm excited for... Um, you guys upcoming one on the 14th for for the Laula yeah, 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 super so. excited. And for that one on the, um, was it the 21st? Is that open for for the community? Or is that um, for, I know I seen the yeah. flyer and had a bunch of beautiful Otawahines on there, you know, going to be sharing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So anybody can kind of come in. Please. Um, listen in on the discussions and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Send it out. I mean, you know, we all all of you folks, and we were trying to figure out: do we have a cap on how many people? I was trying to trying to you know research how many um, people the Zoom that I my subscription can hold, and we don't think there's a cap just yet. So you know, whoever wants to be, let's just be together, and it's open, and you know, it's safe space, and you know, I feel like in Hawaii there's so much word of mouth that happens that we're all gonna know each other at some point. So I feel like there's already that kind of comfort in, you know, if, if you know, one of us who wants to share, you know, hands out the link to whoever and whoever, and they're all sharing, then we all know each other. Yeah, anyway. we're all connected so somehow. We all, all feel welcome too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mahalo, mahalo for yeah. that. And also, um, I know you talked about Brother Hanale earlier, and shout out to the people who's feeding our community, Mr. Hanale Bishop, for... Um, he was one of our presenters when we first um, did our Mauli Ola Wednesdays at Papahana Kua Ola. So he was talking about Aina and whatnot. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, big shout out to those that continue to feed our people, you know, and that work that um, yeah. Aina work. You know, it's um, it's a lot of work, you know, and to take care of our people, to feed our yeah. people. So um, Shout out to Brother Hanas Mahalo for keeping steady yeah. and keeping doing the work to feed our people, you know. And Mahalo to you for supporting yeah, that totally. that venture, you know, of of him doing the work, you know, because, um, yeah, just growing food and 
feeding people is mm-hmm. um, it's a lot harder than a lot of people think, you know. Mahalong, mahalong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you're right, and I feel like, um, you know, the more people are doing it within their own homes now, like you folks, beautiful Aina that you have growing. I feel like there's a growing, you know, love and appreciation for our mahi ai. So beautiful, so healing. Yeah. Mahalo for all your work, Kamaka. Mahalo for all that you do within, you know, your practice, your family, and with the Hui Mongi Olas. It's, it's um, a labor of love, right? And we, we oh, love you mahalo for doing nui, it. So mahalo mahalo. Nui. Yeah, no, it's for our people, you know, it's for our next generation. You know, I always think of, you know, the upcoming keikis, you know, and um, being able to do this for them, you know, and um, so that's what kind of keeps me um, inspired, you know, is the next generation of of our keiki, our nieces, nephews, cousins, you know, and um, also our kupuna, you know, and knowing that um, they lean on us for continuing to do this work, you know, so it kind of continues that yeah. inspiration to keep us um, keep us moving and keep us doing these these things you know so yeah yeah that's yeah that's exactly it yeah right mahalo on nui. sister mahalo nui um you got any any final thoughts or anything like that megan hmm maybe any shout outs or you know you talked about yeah yeah maybe oh maybe because you know you brought up Ohai, and because Laula Fao for Hui Maoli and Maoli is coming up, maybe um, I'll just, there's one Olelo no Eau about the Ali. Maybe we can, you know, think about Ohai for that. So this one I feel like, and especially after we will read it, but we'll go over some thoughts that I had about it too, maybe for now. But so, Heali'i kumakani maiau, aohe makani nanai kula'i. So, the English, I may win resisting Ali'i. No gale of wind can push me over. And I feel like, you know, that's what Ohai just, he hammered that home all the time, you know. And I feel like the student group that formulated, you know, with his passing, you know, the, you know, Ali'i. There's so many, that's such a focus with so many of his students. And, um, you know, I'm so looking forward to hearing from all of those practitioners on there and the Ali I feel like is that exactly right the the fragility of you know that that seed bud that flower but also the strength right and the strength of that, that plant coming together you know against with a purpose and then like you know with you guys coming together on the 14th that we're in this lay and it's so strong and we're all together and you know so much can happen like that so yeah, mahalo kamaka. That just maybe we can. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful um, olelonoyao, <laughs> especially these days with you know everything. Um, these unique times, you know, we gotta remember to be um, like the li and um, you know, yeah, be strong. Yep. Yep. Stay focused. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. Mahalo nui. Mahalo kumaka. Mahalo kumaka'i. Mahalo hui maoliola. Mahalo nui. Super fortunate yes. that we have this yes. um, capabilities to still communicate from a distance. 
you know, so I think it's important that um, even though we cannot see people sometimes, you know, aloha, aloha, face to face and do these recordings face to face. And, you know, I think we still got to reach out to our people, you know, whether it's via um, whatever platform, you know what I mean? If, if Auntie get whatever platform she can, if she can phone call, if she get, you know, text messages, if she can go virtually on phone, you know, I think it's just the importance of this connections, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll take it, whatever I mean, platform, just, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Mahalo Nui yeah. sister for jumping on with us over here. Um, yes, yes. Mahalo Nui. So, Mahalo Nui once again to our guest today, Megan Lelohao for joining us on Leo Kupa. Uh, mahalo to all our listeners. Mahalo, brother Nakoa, for helping produce this podcast. Um, please share this podcast with your ohanas. Um, subscribe to our emailing list at um, org so we could send out emails and stuff. We keep everybody kind of informed. Follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And also, Kako, uh, make sure you follow Megan and listen to her Kuikialoha podcast. And uh, check out her website at kuikealoha.com. And also, if you got any questions or comments, please please um, circle around and kaihea mai. Also, um, be on the lookouts. We're just um, in the finishing processes of our new 2021 Kealo Kamahina Hawaiian Moon Calendar with Kamehameha Publishing. Mahalo for the stories and Leo Kupa today, Megan. Mahalo nui. Oh, Nui ke aloha. From Megan, le aloha au. Mr. Plain, Mr. <clears throat> Plain, Paul Maika'i Benavides, o au o kamaka nui ha'ilono, e ola. E kia kua, ono loa lai lalo ke kai, na oma kua, ya kahina kua, kahina alo, kahikina, komohana, na kupuna. Mahalo piha, e ho mai ka ike, kaikaika, kamana, ke ola. Manea, o kou, Mania Mako Mania Kako Amama Uanoa E Ho Omana Noe. Eh.